For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest magic news and updates. The show starts now. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. And today we have a very special guest joining us, host of In the Zone Weekday, 3 to 6 p.m. on 969 The Game, Orlando Magic Radio Analyst, Brandon Kravitz. What's up, man? How you guys doing tonight? Good. Good. To join you. Good. Doing fantastic, man. Preseason is over. Finally get some real NBA basketball coming on. Um, before we get into talking NBA basketball, talking about the Orlando Magic, um, Brandon, I mean, let's let's get a quick introduction from you. Who are you? How did you get into radio? Well, I uh, I graduated from UCF back in 2010 with a bachelor's degree in psychology. My original goal was to be a sports psychologist, and I just didn't have this scholastic dedication. <laughs> to stick to that for the extra four years it took me long enough to get my bachelor's so i got out i was a little bit lost and i thought uh, you know what what am i going to do next and um it just sort of hit me uh, conversations with friends interests at the time i was in love with sports talk radio really had um grown an affinity for it and i thought why not just do that and um and so I got into it. I, I went to a broadcasting school, got a quick certificate that landed me an internship with the radio station that I work for now. And 10 years later, here I am, um, a host of an afternoon show, lucky enough to work with the Orlando Magic. And um, I'm glad that I, I chose this path. It, it seems to have worked out, at least so far. That's I think amazing. You're the, so. you're the first you're the first media person that um, that we've interviewed that is local from Orlando. Or did you just go I'm to not UCF? really from Orlando. I, I, mean, I went to UCF. I was originally born in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, my entire extended family still lives up there. My immediate family, we moved down to South Florida and the Fort Lauderdale area. That's where I spent the majority of my childhood, so like 7 to 17. And then once I graduated high school, I came up to Orlando and been here ever since. So that's sort of my, my journey to O-Town. That, so I haven't been a lifelong Magic fan. It wasn't until later in my life when I started to adopt this team as my own. And then and then now I work with the team. And so it's like a whole other level of dedication, you know? Oh, yeah. It reminds me of, of um, we had, who do we have the other day? I completely forgot his name right now. Um, was it Jake? Jake Chapman. Jake, Jake that's Chapman. That's I work with. Yeah, that's my, my right-hand man, or I'm his right-hand man, however it works. Completely slid for a second, but he told me the same thing. You know, he's from Ohio and then he moved yep. to Orlando and now the Magic, you know, became his go-to team and, you know, he roots for them. Uh, we were joking that, you know, the, the, the paycheck comes from the Magic. So naturally, you got to root for the Magic. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, Brandon, his, that- his paycheck actually says Magic on it. Mine, oh. I'm, I'm more of like an affiliate kind of. Gotcha. <laughs> My paycheck says iHeartMedia, but either way, 
you know, the love is there. And, and I think whenever you work with a team, uh, as I'm learning now is just, you, you just, you have a, a, another level of investment and you get to know these guys, the coaches, the personnel, the behind the scenes girls and, and guys. And, um, you just want to see everybody succeed and, and, um, you know, and so that's, that's where it makes it that much harder. Cause you get you, those losses. Like you can't just brush them off. You got to show up for work the next day. Right now. Did you start following the team before the paycheck? I did. Yeah, I probably, I mean, this is going to sound very bandwagon-ish, but I probably didn't become a real fan of the team until right around 2009. But I was I was interested in the team. Like those, those Steve Francis, Kelvin Cato, Catino Mobley years. I mean, I've always been an NBA fan. So having a, being in a city where that team was in our backyard, it was different than when I lived in Fort Lauderdale. The Miami Heat played in my quote unquote backyard, but they were like an hour plus away. And I never, I went to like two heat games growing up. Um, So I didn't have that same connection. I was sort of lost. I grew up a a Chicago bulls fan, like every other kid in the nineties because of Michael Jordan. And then, and then just bounced around. Then it was like, I followed the 76ers because of AI. And I, and it's sort of like the modern day NBA fan where you're not so much attached to a team, but you find yourself attached to players the Magic were the, really the first NBA team that I ever considered myself a fan of, no matter who was on the roster. And that really didn't happen until Dwight Howard came to town. That's a, that's an interesting point because Al over here um, is from is from up north as well. He's more from the the Boston-ish area. So somehow he ended up ruining for the Celtics for some time period, turned into Golden State Warriors, and then the Magic – you know, it's it's funny how when you become local and you really start watching the team, you do find you find yourself becoming more of a fan because you have more access to it. Um, and I think that part of the reason why that we have you know, Orlando still a the Magic is still a really really brand new team compared to other teams in the NBA. And that's when For we sure. when we go to games, we still get a lot of the fan bases from you know other teams that kind of you know they they take control of the arena a little bit. Well, and you have bandwagon fans. It's just sort of the nature of this league more so than others where you have people that follow players. It was amazing when LeBron was on the Heat. There were more Heat fans than ever before. Um, and all of a sudden, I remember the, one of the last times I was, I was at the arena when you could pack the arena and um, and Golden State was in town. I was like, when were there when since when were there so many people from the Bay Area that live in Orlando, That's right. it's a Steph Curry thing, you know. Yeah, and it's not, it's not hard to figure that out. You go now. I bet the there will be a ton of Brooklyn Nets fans this oh, year yeah. at the Amway Center. So that's just sort of the nature of the league. But yeah, if you can, I mean, I always, I, I always like having a team that I feel like I can follow. That is mine. That you have that connection to. I grew up a Baltimore Orioles fan, so that's my Major League Baseball team because that's what I grew up with initially. Then I went down to South Florida. There was no NFL in Baltimore at that time. Bal- the Baltimore Colts had left, so the, and the Ravens hadn't gotten there yet. So when I went down to South Florida, I adopted the Dolphins. For whatever reason, I never took to the heat. I didn't dislike them. I just never really – I never identified with them. And it wasn't until I got to Orlando where I was like, I think I might have an NBA team. You know, when, when the losses start to hurt, that's when you know. That's right. <laughs> That's that's a good point because I mean let's be honest how many New Jersey Nets fans you know were really bred in Orlando to where they do pack up 
you know, the Amway Center. How many Golden State Warriors? Nobody cared about the Golden State Warriors. I don't, I don't care how much you like the We Believe team as much as I enjoyed watching them. There wasn't enough to be able to, like, really populate the city of Orlando to where, you know, half of the arena is is all dressed in yellow. So I, I definitely agree with um, that sentiment. Now, um, I want to ask you, because when we – I feel like this offseason, there's already been a lot of NBA – natural NBA drama. Um, and a lot of that is coming from Ben Simmons. Now, there was a recent report from Jake Fisher that said Cleveland, Detroit, Houston, Indiana, Minnesota, Portland, Sacramento, San Antonio, and Toronto are continuing to talk to Philadelphia about a potential Ben Simmons trade. One name that we wouldn't, one team name that we didn't hear from that is the Orlando Magic. So, from your perspective, does it bother you that you don't hear the Orlando Magic name in there in terms of at least inquiring? Are you really happy that the Magic are just staying away from that altogether? I mean, I I personally just I think maybe it's profession based. I would love for the Magic to be involved in discussions like that. It makes it makes sports talk radio more interesting. If a team like the Magic is involved, you really have to force that discussion and contrive it because it we know that it's not realistic. That's just not the mode of operation for John Hammond and Jeff Weltman. So it's not going to happen. I'm sure that Ben Simmons isn't dying to get to the Orlando Magic so that he can be part of a rebuilding roster with a bunch of young guys. I don't think that that's what he desires. Um, But yeah, I mean, I would like them to be in that sort of discussion. I like Ben Simmons as a player. I think asking him to be somebody who's the dominant ball handler, that's even asking him to get a shot at this point in his career, that's not who he is. He doesn't need to be that guy. Somebody needs to figure out how to put that man at power forward and just let him fly to the rim and defend people. He, I mean, I've said this on the air before. If the Magic, if you were going to have this pie-in-the-sky scenario, and I like Jonathan Isaac individually, but I would trade Jonathan Isaac for Ben Simmons Ooh. because they're, they're basically the same player. They're both what you're, what you're hoping to get when they're on the floor is an elite defensive player. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons has already been an NBA Defensive Player of the Year candidate, you're hoping, and it looks like it's more likely than not, that if Jonathan Isaac can stay on the court, he'll get to that point. But Ben Simmons is already there, and he has star power. And he doesn't get hurt like J.I. does. And so I want to see J.I. come along and all of those things. But if you had that conversation, what kind of names would you have to come up with in order for Ben Simmons to be one where you're getting him back Somebody like Jonathan Isaac would have to be in this the discussion. And I just want guys that stay on the floor. You know, this this injury stuff, I don't know how much longer I can handle this, you know, yeah. emotionally. You start to hope and feel like this, this is it. This is gonna be like the last time the injuries do happen. Like I I have that hope. Is that reality? Probably not. We're hoping for it, but we really don't know. And it, it feels like you know, Jonathan Isaac should have been back a long time ago. Uh, we have, uh, I, I want to say, I was you that mentioned that, you know, Devin Kennedy had a really bad injury and he's already back in yep. some capacity. Um, so that, that's an interesting point, because when it comes to Ben Simmons, you have two sides of the field. People that say, well, he's he's an all star caliber. He's his first NBA type of player. Um, and he's someone that instantly would be the best player on the Orlando Magic roster. I think the fan in me also, I, I don't know what I would be willing to give up for Ben Simmons. I don't know if 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 I have the heart to be able to part ways with a Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton, uh, any, anything to really make that work. Yeah. I don't really know that don't I can know do what that. We have just yet. Um, I see the concerns. You bring a really good point about Jonathan Isaac. 
with the injuries and, and you're hoping that he becomes a you know a, a first team all defense but Ben Simmons is kind of that now do you think that this would be it, no matter where Ben Simmons goes do you think that he just has to give up that point guard position that it's it's that was already tried in Philadelphia didn't work you need to be able to have a point guard that is able to shoot and willing to shoot do you think that point guard position for him is done yeah, he's got to give that up. Uh, that that has to be part of the equation with him because he'll never find success equivalent to what the expectation is for him if he's continued to ask to be the primary ball handler. In today's NBA, if you handle the ball more than anybody else, you better be able to jack it from wherever you're standing. That's today's league. It's like in the NFL. like If you're not be able to heave the ball down the field 50 yards, I don't know how long and healthy your career can be that's just the nature of the position. LeBron's learned how to do it. Damian Lillard does it. Uh, Trey Young's doing it. Steph Curry, the best in the game at doing that. They can. I mean, Giannis is the exception to the rule, and even he tries to jack up threes, and he's better at it than Ben Simmons, and he doesn't need to do that. He's so great at everything else, he can overcome it. Ben Simmons isn't that guy, and for the record, Giannis isn't a point guard, so... I guess he's out of the discussion for that reason anyway. But right. Ben Simmons just, I feel like, I don't know. I can't tell if it's he doesn't know exactly what he is or if his coaches don't know exactly what he is. But they need, in whatever new scenario he finds himself in, they need to get their heads together and realize this is a great, talented NBA player. He is in, just sitting there when I've had the ability, and it's been a couple of years now, to sit courtside with my role with the Orlando Magic and watch these guys, there are very few people in the league that are as physically impressive as Ben Simmons. This guy is special. So when I hear slander about this guy can't play and all of that, I'm like, you're just judging him off the things he can't do. He is so exceptional at the things he can do. So let's just focus on that. And I mean, it just comes down to coaching at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think the key there is, Brandon, what you mentioned, is he needs to stick to a position. If it is a power forward position, stick to that. Again, in an Orlando Magic scenario, if he were to come here, that's where I could see him kind of fitting in. Hey, as a power forward, stick to that. And again, play as, as a Giannis type of player, where you just go to the basket and attack and defend on the other side. Um, but the problem is, up to this day, we haven't seen that. He They keep trying to push his agenda. Hey, you're a point guard. You have to shoot the three. And that's quite not happening, unfortunately, for him. Um, but quickly transitioning here to the Orlando Magic and the preseason. Um, what are your thoughts so far on the team so far this preseason? How have they looked um, here as we're what, a week away from the start of their new season? Yeah, I think I see a lot of the things that have people excited and encouraged about this roster. There's a lot of energy. These guys are are, are into every moment. The exuberance on the sideline for these players, you know, you watch a guy like Doughton hit that last second shot and you would have thought and just watching the bench that they just won the Eastern Conference Finals. It was awesome. Yep. That's the type of thing that I think is going to and, and in listening to the reaction from the crowd, I think they're feeding off of that. All of that needs to work in tandem because that's going to be what makes this season special. We know that there's a ceiling for how many games this team can win. But I think you're seeing early on in the preseason, I'd like to see a little bit more from some of these guys. But at the same time, it doesn't matter until you get to real regular season games. What I want to see more than anything else they're already showing me, which is these guys are just, they play hard. Jalen Suggs is diving on the floor in the preseason to save balls. Are you kidding me? That's the guy that we have for our future. <laughs> I mean, that's what you, that's all you can ask for with a young team. So they've got that. Jamal Mosley's out here ringing the bell. And uh, I like what I see so far. 
Yeah, and um, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I've been to, to the last two games at, at home, and I don't know about you, but the, the crowd has been as electric as I've heard them, even during the regular season last year, or actually not last year because of COVID, but the year before that. Um, it's been fun. Like those fourth quarters where they're making a comeback, the crowd gets into it. Like you mentioned, they feed off the energy, that those hustling, the hustle plays, slam dunks. They're averaging like, I don't even know, eight to nine dunks a game. That wasn't the case with the last team. Um, so I think that alone is going to drive a lot of fans to come to games, even though, like you mentioned, we may not win a, sl- a lot of games, and that's understandable. But again, that energy, and they're fun to watch. That's the most important thing, I think, for, for this young team. Absolutely. I mean, and, and that's what it's all about. I think that for if you're a fan and you're wondering, okay, am I, am I just in for another season where this team's going to have a bad record and they're going to end up in the lottery? that's not the way to look at this year. This year is different if you allow it to be as a fan. If you want to be negative, then nobody's going to stop you and you'll have plenty of reasons to point and say, see, I told you so, this team's not that good. But they're, they're, it's a it's a likable, lovable bunch. And as long as they're walking in the right direction, as long as this team feels like, okay, they're getting better throughout the season and you have a couple of nuggets throughout the year, pardon the pun for Denver, a couple throughout the course of the season where you feel like, okay, that was fun. A couple of wins in a row, a win against the Lakers team when you didn't expect it. All of a sudden, even in a loss, Jalen uh, Suggs drops 32. These little things can be what you hang your hat on. And when those moments happen, kind of like Cole Anthony hitting those buzzer beaters last year, it just makes the season so fun when you feel like as a fan – you're part of it. And if you're part of it at that ground level, just imagine how exciting that's going to be when it does really turn into wins. But in order to truly appreciate that as a fan, you got to be in for moments like this. And I think that this is that year. If somebody's been sitting on the fence and you're not sure, um, it almost sounds like I don't get a kickback for season tickets for the record, (laughs) but I really do. I, this, it just feels different this year. This team's not going to be as good as it was in the last couple, but they're going to be a whole lot more fun. Yeah, they're going to be really fun. And what I, the part that makes it so interesting is that that fun can literally come out of nine, ten different players on the roster. Um, now, when we take a look at the young guys that we have, or, or just the roster in its entirety, um, who would you say benefited the most from preseason play? I think it's got to be Mo Bamba. Yeah, 100%. My goodness. He's showing me 100%. stuff I'd never seen before. These turnaround jumpers... He's he's added an offensive repertoire. This guy's clearly been putting in the work. And when you read between the lines of what the criticisms from Steve Clifford when he was the head coach uh, with Jeff Weltman and John Hammond, I had a conversation with John Hammond where I asked him, you know, is this a make or break year for Mo Bamba? And his direct answer to me was, that's on Mo. <laughs> that to me yep. says, that tells a whole story of that means it's been on Mo. He hasn't been putting the proper work in. Conditioning has been an issue. We haven't been sure if we sh- last year, if you blame that on him getting COVID or, or what, but it just seems like reading between the lines that he hadn't really put the work in to be great. And you watch the little things that he's gotten better at and he's bulked up too. So you can tell he's been hitting the gym. I just love what I'm seeing from him. If he's able to put that together, honestly, the only thing standing in his way is I'm in love with what I'm seeing from Wendell Carter too. So let them battle it out. You know, um, Cole makes diamonds. Is that or pressure makes diamonds? That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I like those two battling it out. Yeah. And it's a lot of different things. It, it could be, you know, the because I'm I'm sure Mo hears it 
all the time. There's so much talk about his motor back against the wall, contract year, new coach system, not whatever, because there was never really anything confirmed whether or not there was any any bad blood between him and Steve Clifford. Um, He gave Steve Clifford recognition during uh, the summer league and said that that was a big part of why he was participating um, in any capacity. Um, So it's, I I hope that it's not driven by those things specifically. I hope that it's really, it's really made a turn because from what we've seen is, it's a completely different player. He, he looks like he cares. And before whether he did or didn't, it didn't reflect that way on the court. Yeah, and you know, sometimes this level of criticism for a young player is unfair, but you're you're always going to be compared in any walk of life to your relative competition. And the guys that were drafted right there in front of him have been full-blown superstars for a couple of years. Luka Doncic and Trey Young, there are no questions about what those guys are, and Mo was taken one spot after. And so when you see that it takes some time for him to come around, it, I think that fans are are right to be frustrated there, to question how come our guy isn't coming along as quickly. Where you're even – you're not – forget about are you a superstar, which those guys are. Are you even worthy of being rostered by this basketball team in the future? That's been the question. It looks like Mo Bamba's answering the bell on that. And I hope that it it persists throughout the entire year. Preseason's one thing. When you do it, you know, you're trying new things and it's worked for him. But in actually applying that to the regular season, I don't want to get too over my skis here. Uh, but I, I love what I see from Obama. He, above anybody else, has really shocked me in what he's brought to the table. Yeah, I mean, especially on the defensive end. I mean, the last two games, five blocks each game. Yesterday, four blocks just in the first half. So you start to wonder, you know, if he can get 25, 30 minutes a night, what would that look like? Again, from the defensive end, it's going to make us tremendous, especially when you add later on Chumo Kiki and J.I. to the rotation. Again, two great defenders and Jalen Suggs and Markel. So defensively, which is the identity the team wants to build on, we have some guys that are showing great promise right now. Um, but speaking quickly about Chuma Kiki, what are your thoughts on the fact that he missed preseason, unfortunately, hasn't been able to play due to the hip injury? Do you think that sets him back? Do you think we should be concerned about that? Or do you think he should be back and fit right in when he gets back? I'm always concerned when it comes to magic injuries, so it's hard for me to just brush that one off. Uh, it's a hip injury. I, I don't know if I can relate it to anything else that he's been through in the last couple of years. You know, he missed that first season after tearing his ACL at Auburn and he is just kind of a red shirt year. He came in, uh, he, he battled with a couple of injuries. He, he, I thought he played really well. There were some moments there where you're like, I think the magic might have something in Chumo Kiki. You saw flashes of an, I, I struggle with this because he's such a great player, but there were flashes of Kawhi Leonard in, in the yeah. type of game, just stylistically, when he looks good, you're like, I see a little bit of that. You know, If you can get even 50% of that player, you've got a great player on your hands in the NBA because Kawhi is just that dude. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm concerned because I've just been burned so many times with these injuries. So hopefully this is something he can bounce back from. You want to have as many guys as you can ready to go at the start of the year. This is such a pivotal season for the Magic to do those things that I talked about, to to start taking the steps in the right direction. I don't want to see anything this year that resembles tanking. I was fine with it at the back end of last year. I thought it was understandable. Strong draft. You're going in a new direction. What I can't stand in the NBA is tanking 
multiple seasons. I think yeah. that really turns off a fan base. And so when you if, if injuries were to start piling up, I think you'd see a slight change in direction. I don't want to see any of that. And Chumo Kiki is a big part of having that arrow point in the right direction. And speak, speaking of tanking, just last season um, towards the end, it was brutal um, because as a fan, you're watching and, and as someone that, you know, covers a team, you're, you're hoping you want them to win, but you're hoping that they lose, but you're hoping that they at least battle, battle out to make yeah. the game at least competitive. So it was really a really conflicting um, uh, long span of watching Orlando magic basketball. Um, so I agree. I, I I'm happy with Jalen Suggs. And I really hope that he's able to contribute the way that everyone's expecting. And I'm, I want them to compete. If we end up in the lottery, we end up in the lottery. But forcing our way into taking something that I really do also hope that, you know, we avoid um, this upcoming season. Now, looking forward to this season, uh, I'm going to have you uh, put your head coaching hat on, um, make you coach most for a few moments. Um, who are you starting? What is your starting lineup as of right now? First game's coming up. Who are you putting on the floor? Well, Jalen Suggs, I've been saying this all along. He's got to be my primary ball handler. And however, whoever ends up healthy as the season progresses, I think that is so important to the fabric of this team. I think he's got to be the floor general. That's what makes him special. So that's what I want to see. And I want to see it right out of the gate. We know what this season is. So there's no reason to waste any time. And you know he can ball, too. Uh, he's such a crisp passer, great decision maker. So I've got him at the one. Uh, Cole Anthony is uh, playing that sidecar at the two. Um, I've got Franz Wagner, not in love with what I saw in the preseason. But again, if we're trying to get the ball rolling here, that guy's got to be out on the floor. Assuming that Chumo Kiki's good to go, I would have him at the four until Jonathan Isaac can come back. And then I would have Wendell Carter at the five. That would be my starting lineup for the Orlando Magic out of the gate. I want. I, w- I was thinking about getting Terrence Ross in that starting lineup just because I'd like to see it, but he's such a good six man. When you need that pop off the bench, it, it, that's his specialty, so why mess with something? Sure, you could put him at the two or the three but uh, in that starting lineup, but why mess with something that works and that clearly works for the Magic? Yeah, so, I, I, I personally like the lineup. The only adjustment I would make um, – would be with, with Franz Wagner. I would put Gary Harris in there just to have um, a veteran on there that can really help and support with the ball handling and the scoring. Uh, I myself also was not impressed with what I've seen in preseason or summer league. Um, and I think that he's just going to need um, additional time. I'm um, also considered, I really like what I saw with Wendell and Mobamba. We're going to talk a little bit more uh, a little bit later um, about them independently, but just them together on the floor. I really enjoyed watching them together. Uh, it would make it a little more difficult in terms of rotations. You would obviously have to use uh, Rolo or Mo a little bit more off the bench. Um, but I really like what I saw. If Okiki isn't ready to be on the floor, um, he would be one that I would want to be in there. Mo Bamba and Wendell um, holding down the the big man. Yeah, that just feels more experimental to me than uh, than something that could actually work game in, game out. I remember Steve Clifford would toy with that in the preseason with Mo, and th- and this looks like it could be a different Mo. So, you know, maybe I need to throw out those preconceived notions because he looks like a much better player. But he would toy with that in the preseason and play those guys together, and I was always intrigued by it. That um, just doesn't seem like it's it's Mo's natural position, and and he still needs to find his footing. We saw many years of Aaron Gordon being – played at all types of positions and i felt like that kind of held back his progression 
So I'm not, I wouldn't, I'm not against it because I'm entertained by it. And if it works, it'll look really good out on the floor. I just don't know that it will. So having a strong uh, Mo Bamba backing up Wendell Carter or even pushing him, I mean, who knows, maybe throughout the season that ends up getting flip-flopped. Um, I, I like your Gary Harris call, though. I think I'm trying to force the Franz Wagner thing into existence. You know, it's like, okay, he struggled, but – Let's get him more reps. He's just out he's there. just right. He's waiting for the real thing. That's it. Yeah, that's all right. it is. He's that's waiting it. for 20, the real game. Twenty one percent from three point range. Brutal. Yeah, that's got to improve. Yeah. Now, Brandon, when it comes to the total number of wins, you expect the Magic to get this upcoming season. Give me your prediction. What do you think that will look like for us? So uh, I went to Vegas to check it out. Twenty two and a half is the over under, and I'm going to take the over. I think this team has 30 wins in them. If you go back to last year, I think the upside for this Magic team is the 10 spot. So you get right into that play-in. That's the best-case scenario to me. Anything above that would be mind-blowing. But even that, I mean, that you talk about a what would feel like an extremely successful season. In order to do that, now last year that team had 33 wins. That was in a 72-game season. So if you're just messing with the numbers a little bit, I think the Magic most likely falls short of that. I don't think they get into the playoffs, but I do think they're fighting for it. I think they're there. I think they're going to string together enough wins throughout the season. They're going to have a couple of games where they look really good, and they can beat teams like Cleveland and Detroit, and they're going to surprise some teams. Uh, I think they end up in that 30 range just outside, wishing that they could get in. That's the most likely scenario. And I think you'll see a lot of teams too, like the Lakers, Brooklyn, who might give their stars the night off when they see the magic on the schedule. And that's a perfect scenario where on the schedule, you may have it as an L, but then you go and find out the magic pulled off the win in that game. So I think, again, like you mentioned, I've been saying it all off season so far, the Vegas odds, 22 and a half, I'm going the over on that. I know it'll be, it'll be tough sometimes. I get it. it's a young team. We may look bad and go on a losing streak here and there. But I think overall, this team, especially if Markel and GI come back healthy and stay healthy, we will surprise some people. I mean, think about it, Al. You've got if you have a team that's going down to Miami and then plays the Magic on whether it's a back-to-back or even if they get a night off and they're ready to go back home and they're veteran, there's a good team but they're they're veteran-laden team and they come in just trying to waltz through the Magic. That's where that energy, that infectious energy that this team has they'll come out and punch you right in the mouth because it's almost like this team operates like they don't even know any better. They don't know that they're young and they're supposed to be bad. I don't see them playing that way. I think we'll see it, and I hope that they don't. I hope that they continue to to sort of emanate this this, um, naivety almost to how they're supposed to be rebuilding. And I think in moments like that, those are going to be the games that I'm talking about where a Magic fan can go, Man, that felt good. I don't know what it means in the long run, but tonight that felt really good, and the right guys shined in the process. Those type of nights are the ones I'm excited about. Yeah, in our last podcast, I used an analogy that I see the magic being the 18, 19 year olds at LA Fitness that you know they're playing way harder than they should be. Exactly. Um, against these older, older players, these older teams, they're, they're kind of like, what are you guys doing? Like, relax a little bit. Because <laughs> there's there's nothing that drives me more crazy than playing against these teams that don't respect us. They come in here, they they go out the night before, they go to sleep later, they don't take us serious. And I, and I feel like we've lost that respect across the board for a really, really long time. 
Um, but I do think that if that does happen, that you're you're right. We have enough manpower and en enough youth and and athleticism that you know we we could really damage a few teams that want to try and take advantage. Now, earlier today, you also had a a poll that you put on your Twitter feed, um, asking asking your audience if they're Team Bamba or Team Carter. Now, taking off your your Mo's hat and now putting your general manager hat on. Um, contract extensions. I mean, that's going to be a really big talk for, for these two. Um, you collectively, like what, what do you think? Who, who should the magic offer that contract extension to? Who should the magic kind of put their focus on more, um, for that five spot? That's the fun of this season is that, you know, I'll answer the question now, but if you're the actual general manager of this team, that's the, that's the kind of thing that you're watching for this year. Those guys need to go out and earn that because right now, if you just go back and and watch Wendell with the Bulls and then what he, what he was able to do last year in limited action with the Magic, then compare that to Mo Bamba and his upside coming out of Texas. I mean, how could you really be that much more confident about one moving forward than the other? Wendell Carter's been a better NBA player to this point, but he hasn't been a great NBA player in his own right. I think that he just looks like a more polished pro at this point in his career, Mo Bamba has flashed more upside and has also shown you longer lulls in his young NBA career. So that's why right now, if I had to do, if, if I had the pen in my hand and I had to sign it today, it would be Wendell Carter because I feel like he's already a, a decent NBA player. I don't think Mo's there yet, even though his ceiling is way higher. So that, that would be my answer now. But that's the beauty of this season is watching how all of that plays out. And I'm 100% on board with that. I've been saying, people keep saying, you know, lock up Wendell right now. I'm all about let them both battle it out all season. You never know no what could happen. No reason not to. Just let it play out. You still have them as, uh, as restricted free agents. So if anything happens, you can match any offers in the offseason. Just see how it plays out and then make that decision at the end. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that's going to be, that's going to curry favor with this team that they hadn't had. It was one of the reasons outside of just getting a better draft pick and all of that, that I was not just okay with completely supported them blowing up the team in the middle of last year is that they were paying a lot of money to be average. Mm -hmm. You cannot do that in the NBA. You can be average, but you better not be paying to be average. The magic had one of the highest overall team salaries in the NBA. And what were they getting for it? They were having to fight to get into the playoffs if that's your ceiling and you're paying for the ceiling, then you can't live in that space. And and that's where they got in trouble was they just they were like, oh, okay, well, he's decent. Let's pay him. And they did it with Evan and they did it with AG and they overpaid for Vooch in some ways, even though they got a lot back for him. So that one worked out. So that's the kind of thing you have to be careful with because otherwise, if you end up paying these guys too early, all they end up becoming is decent trade pieces in the future. I think we're all kind of over that. We just want good players and we want to be able to be plaguers in free agency, which the Magic haven't been able to do in years because they haven't had the cap space available for it. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was all the way back in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. 
If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prices all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prices with their first deposit. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using promo code TBPN. Throw down just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, looking at the NBA, so NBA.com came out with, you know, their their polls, and they, in regard to Rookie of the Year, they have Jalen Green um, at 47% chance of winning Rookie of the Year, Kate Cunningham 40%, and then we have Jalen Suggs at just 7%. Um, do you agree with that assessment, or do you really think that Jalen Suggs has the opportunity to really, you know, catch up to these guys and and really take that title for his own? I think he's got a chance just because I think he might win more games than both of those guys. So if that ends up being a factor and and he's a big reason as to why that's happening. Uh, and I think he's a better defensive player um, than those guys in terms of just like hustle. Um, Cade Cunningham's pretty good. So maybe I'm underselling that. But Jalen Suggs has, has it all. And so if he puts it together and this team gets to that 30-ish win mark, I could see him being a factor. With that being said... I'm not blind to how sensational Jalen Green is as an offensive talent, and Houston is going to hand him the ball and say, have at it, kid. So he's probably going to step into the NBA averaging like 25 points per game. It's his award to lose, in my opinion. I think that Jalen Suggs will be battling it out with Cade Cunningham for that number two spot, but if Jalen Green is healthy, I don't see how he doesn't end up winning this. He's just too good on offense. That's right. I think I think like you mentioned, Jalen is going to have the ball in his hands plenty and shoot the ball plenty. And again, as long as he's healthy, it's going to be tough. Uh, unless, like you mentioned, if Jalen sucks some way somehow, get the Magic to you know thirty wins, much more than Houston. They're playing for the playing tournament, then that may change some things. Um, and hopefully, that's the case. That's what yeah. And health can be a factor too. You know, yeah. I mean, these guys need to stay healthy. Sometimes rookies say they can hit that wall, you know, and then and then miss some time. And it, so hopefully, hopefully the magic aren't the team that's dealing with that. That's been part of the theme of this pod, I guess. Let's hope now, because we, we dealt with that plenty last season. We, we, we paid our dues. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn some incense and do some uh, prayer dances or something, whatever you need to do. <laughs> but you know what? That's one of the things that concerns me the most about Jalen Suggs is that he is a hustler and he has that football mentality. But I see him on Big the ground time. too, way more often than, than I would like. And it feels like every single time <laughs> my heart is dropping because there's, there's, there's that risk that something off may, may happen. But you um, can't take that out of him that. because that's part of what makes him special. So that is true. It is tough, man, because he's, a, he's want... a gamer. He's a grinder. Yeah. But you, yeah, you can't see it. You're like, I need you to slow down a little bit just because <laughs> you're putting yourself in danger. He puts himself in some precarious positions. Yeah, I just don't want. I don't want my quarterback to run. Like he keep passing from a distance. <laughs> you got to slide at least slide, run out of bounds. You, you know that kind yeah, of yeah for sure. Um, Brandon, what would be your your one bold prediction for this Orlando Magic team? 
if you if you were to you know first thing that comes to mind what what would be something that you think would surprise a lot of people so i'm thinking to the, uh, that third preseason game against san antonio jalen suggs had the ball in his hand and you could see it like that that moment playing out several times throughout the year and then he gets the ball stolen and it didn't play, it didn't pan out i actually think that that's going to turn out to be a positive cuz i think they're going to go back to that well time and time again and i could see jalen suggs with not one not two, but three game-winning shots no. over the course of the season, and Cole Anthony will have to relinquish his crown <laughs> of the buzzer-beater king on the Orlando Magic. And just the way that this team responds to a moment like that and seeing the way that Doughton was treated and showered with praise in that moment from his teammates, just imagine when it's Jalen Suggs in the regular season with all of the expectations um, – and, and everything that comes with being the number five overall pick in the future of this franchise, not only is the arena going to go crazy, but man, that sideline is going to lose it. And I could see that happening multiple times this year because he's a gamer and we saw it happen at Gonzaga, that bank shot forever etched into every sports fan's mind. That's just who he is. And so when it matters the most, you know, I think he's hitting those shots. And I think that that'd be my bold prediction is that that happens multiple times this year. Every single Suggs game winning shot, I need him to stand on top of the scorer's table. That Every just time. needs to be a single one. Single oh, yeah. Who's not moving out of the way for that? Of course. Everybody. <laughs> Let's go. Now, uh, Brandon, jumping into um, our overtime segment, where we're going to just throw out a couple of questions out to you. It's going to be rapid fire. So you just say the same, the first thing that comes to mind. Um, what would you say, or what team would you say is your all time favorite Orlando Magic team? 2010 it was the year after the uh nba finals trip uh if i'm just forgetting about what the result of the season was and going through the rigors of an nba regular season that vince carter the fact that they got vince carter i thought was the coolest thing on the planet and i thought he was really going to put them over the top i had so much fun they just went to the finals i was all in um so that that team to me stands above the rest um, back, back in the day, I used to work at uh, Best Buy. This is around that exact same time. We had just acquired Vince Carter. And Vince Carter had came into that Best Buy, and he had an issue with his iPad. And we took the iPad to the back because I worked in the Geek Squad area. And we were finally able to get it kicked on. And when we kicked it on, I saw the Larry O'Brien trophy on his iPad. And I was like, oh, that's it. It's a sign. It's a wrap. <laughs> Championship is coming to Orlando. We got Vince Carter. It didn't end up that way, but I just remember like having Vince Carter on that team. And Vince Carter's Al's guy. It's his favorite player of all time. Got Vince Carter oh, tattooed yeah. on him. That's right. He doesn't, but I know that <laughs> if he did get a tattoo, he'd think about it. Um, Probably. But definitely, definitely an epic team. For I'm sure. Honestly, my biggest takeaway from that story is I didn't realize that iPads were around in 2010. Yeah. Look I didn't that. realize they'd been in circulation that long. They were probably like, like fifteen hundred dollars at the time. First gen. Yeah, it was <laughs> an actual stone tablet. <laughs> that was back in the day when we had iPods. People still use iPods. Yeah. <laughs> Next question for you, Brandon. Here, favorite magic memory during your time covering the team. So I have I have two that I'd like to share. One was um, when Nick Vucevic was announced as an All Star in 2018. That was a really special moment. Just watching the way that the crowd reacted, his team, it meant so much to him. And he was such a likable guy. He was such a genuine 
dude. I mean, that team that team wasn't as exuberant and young and energetic as this team is, but there were a lot of really just genuine individuals, and Nick Vucevic was the head of that table. So to see him get his due uh, with, when the Magic as an organization just weren't, that was really special being there for that. The other one, and I wouldn't call this a favorite, but just memorable, was I went to the Amway Center the day that we found out that Kobe Bryant passed away. Mm. They were playing the Clippers that night and um, just chills up and down. Every NBA fan, every there was the, the, the building before anybody even walked in it just felt different. Everybody was somber. Uh, and then the 24-second violation on both sides, uh, I'll never forget that. Yeah, I had to uh, rewrite my my entire pregame show. I had it all prepped oh, yeah. and ready to go. I was sitting back and watching the Pro Bowl. All my work is done, and then we get the news, and I just crumpled it up and threw it out because it's like I'm not going to come on and be like, "Hey, Magic Clippers," you know. It just you just forget it and you just go into NBA fan mode, talk about what Kobe Bryant meant, and um, I wish it didn't happen. But as far as just memorable moments, it's certainly one of them. I remember I when that when that moment occurred. Um, it, it was TMZ that first reported it. And I remember Googling like CNN, Channel 13. You're like, I research every news channel I can possibly find to make sure that you know the news was legitimate. And yeah. To this day, it still feels off. The NBA had um, that uh, what was it? NBA Ave that the commercial that they have celebrating the 75 years, and you know you had Devin Booker kind of stop at the mural of Kobe Bryant, and still like watching that was still rough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember I was actually looking at Twitter at the at the moment that that originally came out. I happened to be thumbing through it. I still remember up in the right corner where it tells you how long ago the tweet was sent. It said one second. Wow. And I was just like, this can't be real. I mean, it was what everybody thought. That kind of thing. You just never expect it. So that was a that was a big gut punch. And nobody on the floor, nobody in the arena. Nobody really wanted to be there that night, Mm-mm. but but you just whether you were a fan or you were working the game or you were playing in the game, there was a commitment there. Like I already planned to do it, or it was just it was a really weird feeling. I've never really been a part of anything like that before. Now, Brandon, normally we would ask what is your all time favorite Orlando Magic uniform, and we've already gotten to the point that all right, everyone really likes the pinstripes. We're we're at that point. Um, what would you say is your least favorite on the magic? That's a great question because (laughs) yeah, I mean, we all like the same one. Yeah. We do want the, we want the mid nineties. I like the black ones personally with the white stripes. Just picture the number 32 on it. Um, I think my, my least favorite was the, was probably the Tracy McGrady years. I don't know what you would call that. Uh, the, the stars. It was the stars, and they also had the uh, they also had the jerseys that just like put plain Orlando on them. And there was like oh, no yeah. flavor to it at all. Uh, those the stars were okay. The ones where there was just there was just nothing plain. to it. They just said, you know what? Forget personality. We don't need it. We're just gonna, <laughs> yeah, write, we're just gonna write the city's name in in white. They had a uh, white one and a blue one, and uh, all they all they had was like a little star in the collar, and that that was. It was terrible. That was it. it was terrible. And it's crazy because like, I don't know if it's just because I grew up in the nineties. So I'm so nostalgic with it, but those nineties NBA jerseys, like, you can't touch them in sports. Exactly. 
Rockets, Jazz, um, the Magic. I mean, it was just up and down the league. Everybody just had these crazy cool jerseys, the Seattle Supersonics. That was back All when they that. they would put their mascots on their on their uniform. You had oh yeah, the Raptors, like you know, with the dinosaur. In the middle. Yep, yep. Uh, it'd be weird if the Magic did like a Magic Dragon on their uniform. Yeah, but they didn't adopt that. that. That wouldn't be yeah, good. no, wouldn't be good. At all. <laughs> <laughs> my my least favorite. I I have two. That one that we just discussed, and then I really really dislike the sleeved Adidas jerseys, like the mm. the Victor the gray sleeve. gray ones. Yeah. Yeah, the I I call Nola Depot jerseys because he's the only one that I really remember <laughs> yeah. wearing them. Um, hated those. Hated those. It songs. is funny how we identify these jerseys with the specific with the players. players. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Shaq jerseys, T Mac jerseys. <laughs> well, what's what's funny is that you know when you, when we were talking about that jersey, the first player that came to mind was Kelvin Cato. Yeah, I remember <laughs> Kelvin Cato wearing <laughs> right. that uniform. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that is, but yeah, he comes to mind too yeah. with that one. And then I think some of the city. The city edition jerseys, people haven't been crazy about. I think I've liked them probably more than the average, but I don't know that we've quite hit. I don't think we've hit the, the a home run yet. I think we've got a couple singles and doubles with them. What I've liked that they've done with the cities is um, using the secondary logo and just made it really, really yeah. big. That I really did like. They did that with the space uniforms. Um, I wasn't crazy with the space idea. Then they came out with the first um, uh, orange city editions that I I didn't like at all. And then they gave us a pinstripes, which I thought it was it went in the right direction, but wasn't yeah. executed the way I I was hoping. I'm glad you uh, brought yeah. up the I forgot about the space ones. The Can space. I put them at the top of my list now? <laughs> yeah, I hated <laughs> as, as those. Your most hated, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. If the yeah, if you said you this is this is the one you have to wear for the rest of your life. You can't. You don't get to change. That would be the last one I would pick. I'd rather take the plain one. So yeah, okay. I'm glad you brought that. That's how much I disliked it. Is I actually forgot it happened. <laughs> it, it, and it's funny because this. We, well, what have we done? Like four city edition uniforms, and I feel like they come up with an idea, but they only put like a little bit of it, and then yeah. their second year they go all out. So the yeah. first one with the space was just like a little bit of stars. And the second one was like the whole entire damn jersey was stars. And then the first orange one was just a little bit of orange. And then it was just full-blown orange all across the board. So now I'm I'm nervous and also excited to see what they come up with this November. My idea, which nobody will listen to, is I want one that kind of has like a, almost looks like a cityscape, but it's a roller coaster. You know, oh, I think that would... I think that would give us an Orlando feel. See, I, I just don't, I don't, I feel like you're right. Like there's a little bit of a, we're just dipping our toe in it. I think right. they need to go all in. I mean, Minnesota was like, oh, we're the city of Prince. So we're going to give, yeah, we're going to give true. you purple rain jerseys. It's so over the top and ridiculous, but it was awesome. <laughs> That's what these are about. It's not about kind of being about your city. This is about leaning in and being over the top. Um, something like that or something representing the pride, um, not the soccer team, but just the, you know, the, di the diversity in the city, something like that. Um, I think that would really hit the mark and just, you just go all out with it. That's what man, they're all about, man. But um, imagine having a uniform where you have roller coasters and Disney on the exact same Jersey. That's, that's really diving all in, but you know who adopted that idea? Um, the Knights, the UCF basketball, but they have it on their court. 
Exactly. So they kind of have That's like probably the, where I got the idea from. Yeah, I love that, that that would be sick because who else did it? Um, was it Dallas? Was it the Mavs that did it previously? There's another NBA team that had the the skyline, but I think that that would definitely be sick on the court. Hundred percent. Yeah, it, it makes sense. But I'm excited for for the new what is it? They're calling it now the remix uh, edition jerseys, which should be coming out in November. It's supposed to be a throwback of things we've done in the past, whether it's an old school logo, an old school jersey. So I'm really excited to see what that looks like. And people on Twitter were talking about the coaching staff. And Anthony, you made me aware of this yesterday. The coaching staff yesterday was wearing the logo that it's behind Anthony right now. So that's interesting. I wonder if that's a little a little uh, preview of what may come here in November. But I'm excited for that because, again, who doesn't like the old school magic logo oh, and yeah. throwback jerseys? You can't go wrong with that. That's an easy win. That's a slam dunk. So when when I think about just branding in total, I think about the Celtics, that they haven't had a logo change in ever um i think about the lakers where they've pretty much stick to the exact same thing i feel like there's certain teams with certain logos that shouldn't change um and i feel like the orlando magic have that because there was a time frame where uh the the shack and penny eras everyone was wearing the jerseys everyone was wearing logos celebrities wearing for uh, wearing all the gear from the orlando magic i feel like the minute that we changed that you know it wasn't the magic weren't as cool as we we used to be Absolutely. now it's just vintage and that's and that's it so but now vintage I, I is hope. cool which is a perfect yeah. time to bring that kind of thing back it's kind of like exactly. i'm a miami dolphins fan too and the same kind of conversations circle around just bringing back those old school uniforms people freak out whenever they wear them and it's like well why don't you just wear them all the time people like them yep. that much then clearly you've hit on something make the fan the fans are the ones that are buying up the gear, so give them what they want. Yeah, if they if they do the remix, if you were to collide two uniforms and one, I would collide the stars Tracy McGrady uniforms with any format of the pinstripes and just see what it looks like. It'd probably be a terrible idea, but those are my two favorite uniforms. <laughs> I would definitely slam together. Somebody, um, somebody that's listening is gonna put some graphic design work on that. I can see it. We'll see, we'll see what it looks like. <laughs> Do it right now. Send it to me, and I'll make sure that it's everywhere. I'll post it everywhere <laughs> that anyone would be willing to listen and, and grade and look at it. Um, and then Brandon, uh, final final question. Outside of Orlando Magic, you know, what would be what is a team that you enjoy watching that you like watching? You know, their their style of basketball. I fell in love with the Phoenix Suns throughout the playoffs. I could not get enough of the way that they played. I loved the the overall team aspect of of the way that they went about the game. Chris Paul is an amazing leader. He's exactly what I hope Jalen Suggs turns into. Devin Booker, sensational. DeAndre Ayton came on. They had all these uh, extra role pieces. and Jay Crowder and guys like, like every good NBA team needs a Jay Crowder type. Um, if you're going to hit the next level. So that, like that that team I fell in love with during the playoffs. In the regular season, and this isn't so much team-based, but I love watching Zion Williamson. So I try and catch every Pelicans game they throw at me. I'm on it because I just really? think he is just sensational to watch. He's not, feel, he's not a perfect product yet, but, man, he's he is he's just different. I feel bad, I, I feel bad for Zion. I feel like every time, every season is the same thing. There's always a discussion of of his way. I saw a picture earlier today on social media where they posted a picture of his media day now mm-hmm. this year and then a picture of his media day when he first got into the NBA. And he looked like he was way more in shape when he first got into the league compared to what he is now. 
Um, and I just really hope that he can really have, you know, a healthy season because he he's yeah, that guy's a, a way he's Beast. able to do. He's he, that dude's a monster. Oh, my God. I mean, the numbers he was putting up last year, I just felt like all season long, people were not appreciating the fact that this guy was putting up numbers equivalent to Shaq when Shaq was bursting onto the scene, except Shaq was so physically imposing, nobody could stop him. Zion is built differently. And I think too many people are wrapped up in this idea of, oh, we found the next LeBron, or we expect you to be that, so show us that. Zion's not going to be LeBron. He's not going to be MJ. This isn't going to be a guy that single-handedly takes over a game, just move over teammates, and I got this. I think he can be a more exciting version of like Charles Barkley or Mm -hmm. a more polished version of Sean Kemp, someone like that. So he can be sensational. He can be a Hall of Famer, but that doesn't mean that you're the guy who takes over the game. Uh, I, I just think we were too quick to go, because you're sensational, because you're so marketable, then you're going to be the next LeBron. Those were unfair expectations. And, and, then, and then I think when people see that that's not what he is, they're going to like, ah, he's overrated. He's not. Uh, we just need to just judge him differently. Now, the real question is, how long will he be in New Orleans? Not long. Not long at all. I don't see it. I don't not see long. it happening. And that's on them. I mean, it's just not 100%. a well-run organization right now. 100%. Uh, Brandon, I appreciate you so much for joining us on this podcast. If you want to hear more of Brandon Kravitz, you can find him on In the Ozone weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. on 969 The Game. For those that want to continue following you, where can they find you on social media? All over the place. I'm trying to take over the internet one, one day <laughs> at a time. At Brandon Kravitz across all major platforms. Active on Twitter, uh, Instagram if you want some family photos. Um, I've got a blossoming TikTok channel. All of that. And uh, my own personal podcast, too. So outside of the show that I host from 3 to 6 p.m. every weekday on 96.9 The Game, I also host the Brandon Kravitz podcast where I cover a different topic every single week, just something that's a little bit more evergreen for Orlando sports fans of all varieties, whether you're a Magic fan, a UCF fan, you like the Jags, the Bucks, the Dolphins, Gators, Knights. Um, I think I already mentioned them, the Seminoles. Um, just try and cover it all. This is a very diverse sports fan that lives in this market i've spent the last 10 years trying to figure them out and now i'm trying to deliver as much content to them as i possibly can so at brandon kravitz across the board and you'll find me with ease awesome i love it brandon thank you thank you again so much fun until next week it's a wrap thank you for listening to the ozone podcast the voice of magic fans Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Ozone Pod. And remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.